Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one guest, one hour. Excited for all of you to be here. This is an hour. I haven't introduced Brief. you yet. I haven't introduced you yet. An hour. I haven't introduced you yet. <laughs> Just wait till I introduce you. Should have done this podcast in my car because that's how long it took to get here during rush hour. Well, Perfectly scheduled. Move out of the sticks. Oh, God. I have a pool. Uh, I have a family. I have to move far away for some reason. I don't know how to get that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, plugs coming out to uh, the punchline. The same, well, the meltdown next week. Nerd melt night with Joe DeRosa. Joe melt now presents an evening with Joe DeRosa. That's next uh, oh. Tuesday, February tenth, and then uh, second to last week of February, I'm at the punchline in San Fran, and week after that, crackers in Indianapolis. Gilda's Laugh Fest in March. Come out to all that stuff, please. Let's get on to the topic. Today's topic is balance, balance, balance. We're finally doing a show about balance, and that's a good thing because never before has an unbalanced man spoken so much about the topic of balance as as it's happened on this podcast. And why do I talk about it so much? Because I'm trying to find it desperately. I've always been a strong believer in the gray area, whether we're talking about abortions or politics or the economy or just the Star Wars prequels. I've always felt that the middle ground is a land far too seldom seen. These topics are very polarizing. Believe me, I've screamed and yelled about them over at parties, uh, particularly the Star Wars prequels. Were they really that bad? Give me a break. Once you got past Jar Jar, it was fine. Back to the screaming at parties. I used to always be ready to throw down while standing over a punch bowl and shoving baby carrots into my mouth if someone held an opinion about a controversial topic that differed from mine. But that was a long time ago. These days, I find myself keeping tight lips during social functions. Why is that? Well, because I don't feel like dealing with the headache. I especially don't feel like looking like the bad guy. Sometimes you can come off like a real asshole, especially when you're surrounded by people that have a different opinion than you do. And these days, most people want everybody to be in perfect, harmonious agreement. Honestly, that bums me out. What happened to the days of honest, real discussion? What happened to the days of friendly debate? What happened to the time when you could take a girl to coffee and whether or not you agreed on Woody Allen being guilty or not, you still got to bone afterwards? Who wants to date and be all nice and perfect and agreeable? You ask me, I'd rather have dinner with someone that disagrees with me because then there's a chance I might learn something from them. And God forbid, maybe I could teach something to them. Probably not because I'm an idiot, but still there's hope. And I believe balance brings hope. I mean... We can all live together while having varied opinions and outlooks. Isn't that what it's all about? To quote a famous person whose name I can't remember, war is not the ability to have conflict. It is the inability to have conflict. My friend Giannis Pappas, very funny comedian, told me that quote, and I really, really wish I had a decent enough memory to recall who said it. Oh, well, maybe my guest knows. He's been seen hilariously <laughs> killing in not one but three comedy one-hour specials, the latest and funniest of which is called Champion. You can find that on Netflix. He was also the star of his own sitcom on TBS, Sullivan and Son. I was on that once. And if you <laughs> missed him in either of those two places, you can catch him in your local city or town because he's always touring the country's comedy clubs and colleges like a madman. Please welcome Steve Byrne. Joe, that was uh, one of the nicest introductions I've gotten this week. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was amazing. And by the way, you... Uh, I, I really enjoyed your intro. Thank that you. Was great. Oh, thanks. I'm not. I'm not I know you're I'm not, not being shitty. That no, was, I know uh, you're not. I can tell when you're being awesome. serious. Yeah. Thank you. That's very sweet. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> and I'm not being shitty. I really appreciate that you liked it. 
Uh, well, this I, I, I was excited when you said you wanted to talk about balance because I, I'm always on the podcast referring to the gray area mm-hmm. in these opening monologues and then also just in the discussions. I do Sometimes when I do these things alone, I really try to attack it from both sides. Right. Because uh, I never want to, you know, who wants a preachy I'm right and you're wrong thing? That's stupid. Yeah, I mean, but TV's filled with preachy, I'm right, you're wrong environments because you'll see so many of those shows where, you know, look, it's tough, especially as a comic, I think, too, Uh because as you get older, you definitely find your voice and then you have to make a real choice. What what audience are you going to go after? Right. What is your audience? Mm -hmm. Because that ultimately is what's going to sell your tickets. So do you want to always perform in front of a hometown crowd? Or do you want to mix it up? Right. So it's 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 difficult. You know, like Bill Maher comes to mind, where anything he says, he knows the bullet points, and he, he, look, he'll stray either way. But you know, usually what he says, he's of of like minded individuals in that audience. I know what you mean. I I I agree. I I I am not a fan of the show, and not because I disagree with all the politics. Mm-hmm. I just. Don't like that everything is so agreeable from the audience all the time. I wish you yeah. know when the applause breaks are coming, uh, and that makes it a little less fun for me. I wish I wish there was a little more of a question on where's this discussion going to go right now. You know? Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it seems to be that way with most most talking head shows that you'll see. It there, the viewership is there because they're placating towards that audience. But very rare is it on television that you actually see, you know, a, a true discussion. Yeah, it's why I we still was a big fan of the uh, Tom Snyder show when that was on. And I know it wasn't a li- really a politically centric show, but I liked Tom Snyder yeah. uh, because I felt like they were having like a real discussion. I thought Dick Cavett pulled that off a lot of the time, too, where and yeah. again, these are more entertainment based talk shows, obviously. But it didn't feel like loaded. I actually have seen Dick Cavett in an interview say I'm not setting you up for a bit here. I'm really asking you this question. And it's like, right. if you watch a lot of late night, it's clearly the bits are set beforehand. Uh, well, that's not true you know. on Comics Unleashed. Comics Unleashed, he really <laughs> does have his finger on the pulse of what's going on in comedy. And if you put a fireplace in recently, he might know about that. Because there's knows. a rumbling on the street. <laughs> he's got to bring it up. <laughs> uh I won't name names. A friend of mine was asked to leave Comics Unleashed recently. Really? He was supposed to do two shows. He did one, and then the second show, they were like, you can't do the second show. You're too dirty. Oh, really? On the show where the comics are unleashed. (laughs) (laughs) You mean the show on at 2 in the morning when kids are watching? Right, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, all the kids that are up watching that show at 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, Well, here's the thing. And I'm not knocking... uh, Bill Maher's show, when I say I'm not a fan of it, mm-hmm. I think it's a good, I think it's a well-constructed and well-produced show. I just wish the, the, I wish the audience and he were not so on the same page identically all the time. I'd like to hear his audience groan at him once in a while. Maybe I don't watch it enough. Maybe I that think, does happen. I, but I think every now and then he does. But, uh, you know, I've watched it on occasions or look, you, you know, anytime you, you just go online. I mean, the goal of all these shows now is to have a clip that goes viral. Right. Um, so... You know, his his clips will come up all the time in a news feed. But uh, I, I feel the same way about The Daily Show. I feel the same way about Colbert Report. I feel the same way about Bill Maher. Um, look, they're, they're, they're there to do a show for that audience that's tuning in. But I think, why not double your audience? That's the way I look at it. And, right. and why not be more dangerous, be more rock and roll, be more comedy, 
And I think comedy is it, comedy in its roots, I believe, is very anti-authority. But for some reason, you know, you have people that will definitely side with one side or the other as opposed to saying, no, fuck both of you guys. Well, and that's kind of the way I've as I'm getting older, I, I feel more that way. But. We have we already have callers calling in. Oh, really? They're gone already. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that at the beginning. This is the first time we're having live callers yeah. on the show. Anyway, she's um, <laughs> the guy tapped out. I mean, what? A, Did we talk too long? How long was the, was the, the caller on? The, for a second. A second. The show's been going for eight minutes. <laughs> Way to hang in there, guys. Uh, anyway, um, now, but what would you say to the argument where people would say um, these shows that veer in this direction are a response to shows like you know uh bill o'reilly uh and and, and red eye and, and shows like that that lean a little more in the right in the right direction but that's the thing about meaning to the political right not the is that direction. the political right has no true comedy outlet the politi- political left it's you know, right it's comedy central it's it's bill maher so that's why i think those things exist and i think they're great i think all those things are great i think you know, as we've talked before, I try to watch a little bit of everything to educate myself and not just get my information from one source. Right. I like to try to be a little more well-versed and right. have a conversation and not just take the bullet points of the day that that was has been trickled down throughout all the talking head shows. But uh, I think that th- that's just not the case now. And I think when you, when you have, for example, like Jon Stewart saying something you know, I, I love watching him and O'Reilly go at it, but Stewart will always kind of, <laughs> kind of win in some in some sense because he's a he's a comedian. He's right. gonna get the, he's gonna elicit that reaction from the audience right. that is applause breaks, that is laughs. And O'Reilly isn't. O'Reilly can I, I, I guess make his points in a serious tone, but but that should be a show. That should be truly a show because i agree that that yeah i think that's ultimately the point we're getting at i i want to see bill maher and ann coulter co-hosting a show and going at it that's what i want to see and i disagree harshly with many uh stances that both of them take on things yeah but i just want to i agree with you i'd like to see both people doing the thing you know it's like i know dennis miller tours with bill Mm o'reilly but it's like I'm not interested in seeing Dennis Miller and Bill O'Reilly. It's two guys that have almost identical opinions right. the whole time. Uh, you know, I used to do Red Eye on Fox all the time. And I'm a fan. I was a huge... De- in, in fact, while we're on the subject of Dennis Miller, mm-hmm. I've, I've tuned out a bit in recent years only because uh, I, I don't like political comedy. I just don't like listening to it. Right. So... When something is 100% political, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's left or right or whatever. I just don't want to listen. I miss when he was being like, when he did Dennis Linner, Miller shit. I miss that stuff. Yeah. You know, you could circle the globe with two and a half circuit cities receipts, babe. You know, <laughs> I miss that shit. Um, so that's the only reason I'm, I'm not as, as tuned in these days as I used to be. But I will say, I, and I say this all the time, I always felt the perfect, perfect pitch for political and social perspective was his HBO show. When he had his HBO show, right. he went after Clinton and Bush evenly. He would yeah. do... In fact, the monologues I do at the top of this show are without question inspired by his rants that he would do yeah. because he'd take on something like abortion and he would say things like, you know, it's 
whether I agree with it or not is not my point. Is not the point. Mm-hmm. I'm not a woman. I don't have to. You know what I mean? Like right. he's hit it with such like a great, great perspective. And I don't. I don't feel like there's a lot of that. I was actually. I actually like that that uh, Stewart went after Obama as harshly as he did for not showing up in France. Uh, and yeah, not every anybody, now and then you know? he'll, yeah. he'll turn a corner, but for the most part, you know, it, it's it's literally a one-sided cheerleading effort on on Comedy Central's end. And and for me, I just I just think, boy, you got such a great platform. Why don't you utilize this? Why don't you maximize it to the upteenth degree? And, and also, you know, have a difference of opinion every now and then, and rile up the uh, the the hometown crowd because that is spirited. Generous debate is ultimately, you know, Bob Woodward wrote this uh, wrote this book recently about the art of politics, and I and I read it. It was a thick book. It's something I, I should never be reading, but I read the whole thing, and it literally is just about. It's all about concessions. It's about look as spirited as you want to be on the left or as harsh as you want to be on the right. Eventually, it's going to be a melding of the two, no matter what happens. Right. It's always going to be concessions on both ends, and sure. each side is going to be appeased. So ultimately, that's where where it's always going to go. No side is always going to just strictly just win. But for some reason in the media, and again, I I will say this because, you know, you got to be so careful with what you say because you can alienate so many people and piss them off. And as a comic, I I want everybody to come to a show. Um, But for me, as a comic, the way I see the left treat (laughs) treat a lot of people on the right I, I just think, man, sometimes they go a little overboard, and I just think, how come you don't have that same that same comedic slant towards everybody in politics? Because at the end of the day, we all know they're fucking scumbags. They really are. I think I think some people do. I think SNL has been re- relatively balanced in recent years with with their with their uh, with their uh, satire, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, in the political sketches. Um, but there's not a lot of, you know what, put a pin in this. I want to take this yeah. call, and then, because I have, we lost him again? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the fuck, man? Is this, is this, is your phone number like one digit off from like the Pizza Hut? Because <laughs> you know, be getting like drain off from Pizza Hut. Yeah, Jesus God. Um, well, next call, you got to be like, hey, fuckers, we got to. No, he yeah. tells me, okay. but then I'm, and you then know. And we'll just jump to it. I'm acting like. We actually are John Stewart or Bill O'Reilly, and these people actually want to talk to us. They'll wait. They'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll say this, um, and, and I, it's always been my number one complaint about the right. Mm-hmm. There are things on the right side of politics that I do agree with. Uh, just like there are things, even though I'm not a religious guy and not really a believer in God, there are things that churches will teach that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things on the left I agree with, and there are a lot of things I don't agree with. But my one gripe with the right has always been that they don't know how to appeal to younger people. And that has always been the strength of the left. Now, the thing with the left is, is sometimes they get away with with a lot of bullshit because they know how to appeal to the younger people. But, but they are appealing you know I mean? to the younger people because they have the outlets. Like, look, if you're walking, watching a show about, dog, uh, about a talking piece of shit in a toilet bowl and then up next is Jon Stewart. Well, yeah, those kids, well, you know, but... I'm talking about the actual politicians. The actual politicians. When when Obama's having a dinner and But it's, Obama can go on The Daily Show. Sure. You know, but where's Mitt Romney? He's not going to be as as welcomed at that. I don't even know if he's had the, the invite or whatever. I, I just, you well, know... Well, here's my point, though. Yeah. 
My point is, it, it, there is a strategy to getting the ear of the young, right, uh, the, to the youth. Yeah. So when you see Obama having fundraising events and the Foo Fighters are playing there, yeah. and then you see George W. Bush at the correspondence dinner have Rich Little come in as the comedian, <laughs> it, well, it's it it immediately like like Bill O'Reilly. Do I agree with everything the guy says? Absolutely not. I yeah. probably agree more or disagree more with than I agree. But he makes some good points sometimes and some decent arguments, like. Here's my point, though. He's always going to remind you of your like crabby uncle. He remi- he doesn't. He's not fun in any way. If you had to go spend a weekend, well, in- he's a newsman, though. I mean, that sure. is his background is not necessary. He got his occupation started with him being in a newsroom, whereas Stewart was a comedian. Okay, but I mean, if you were a twelve-year-old kid and your mom said. You got to go stay at Uncle Bill O'Reilly's or Uncle Anderson Cooper's. You're going to be like, please, please let me go to Anderson Cooper's. Please. Knowing that he's gay? (laughs) You said it. I didn't say it. (laughs) I have no problem with gay people. Neither do I. Uh, You sound like one. If I was, because you're, I I mean, you sound like, you sound like a bigoted person. (laughs) You're you're in here tree stumping for the right. I'm not tree stumping. You have a problem with gay I'm marriage now? For, I know. I'm kidding. I'm tree stumping for a little bit of both. That's no, no, I no. I'm serious, like, though. Because I watch all those shows. But if you were a kid and your mom said, you can go hang out with this Anderson Cooper guy, you can go hang out with this Bill O'Reilly guy, you'd say, I want to hang out with the Anderson Cooper guy. He interviewed Eminem last week. He seems like a fun guy. He seems yeah. nice. He smiles. Bill O'Reilly. Well, I'd want to hang out and ride in the old man's Grand Torino, though, too. No, you wouldn't. You know you wouldn't. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying this is a yeah. huge advantage that the left gets. In terms because of, yes, they, when I, Bill, I absolutely when, agree with you. When Clinton was running for office, he was he did roundtable discussions on MTV. Bob yeah. Dole did not. And it hurt him. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. But that's, look, they have a huge stigma attached to them with being older white guys. Sure. Um, much older white guys. And... You know that's that's this that's the stigma attached to them, and it gets it gets played up more and more on those comedy shows as well. So I mean, there's a reason that that stereotype exists. Do you think a right wing comedy show is possible? I don't know. I haven't seen any because look, it's at tough. The, at the end of the day, who ultimately is going to go all in and say, "Fuck it, this is who I am." You're going to alienate half half your audience, and then you're going to alienate. Every single entertainment outlet that's that's possible to you, sure. Um, because if you're if you are right wing as a comic or or lean that way or as an entertainer, I mean, we've we've heard it over and over again that it, sure. it's just the minute it's almost like coming out, but but no one no one's welcoming you. Sure, you know sure, what I mean? sure, sure. I I understand. Well, I mean, I, you know, the reason I think, see, here's the tough thing. Again, I'm nonpartisan. I mean, that girl I've from never... Clueless, she says she says things all the time, and 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 some of them might be a little off the mark or whatever in terms of what that party or, or who whatever party is aligned with with whatever that rhetoric is. But man, she gets put through the ringer, and she hasn't worked at all. What has she said? Um, she just comes out with a lot of the things that she agrees with on the right, you know. And she was stumping for I think Romney instead of voting for Obama, and a lot of people felt. Well, you know, she's black. She should vote for Obama. And that's what's in the oh, press. Oh, the black girl from Yeah, the Clueless. black girl from I Clueless. thought you meant so, the, uh, so they the, were calling her a face? traitor and everything. And, and so the very thing that you could say, well, you know, well, that's racist. No, I mean, you know? look, I'm, I have some very, very dear friends that are uh, gay Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely have friends that are black Republican. Yeah. 
I obviously have friends that are gay Democrat and black Democrat. You know, I have yeah. friends on both sides. Um, I would never disparage anybody for their political choosing. Um, but, but this industry does. No, this industry, without, without a doubt, the industry yeah. does. But here's the thing, too. But here's why the industry does. Mm -hmm. Because the youth lean left. And the industry, at the end of the day, is after 13-year-old kids. That's what they want. That's what they want. This industry is as Republican as it could possibly get. It's greedy. It's about their money. They want to take as much as they can. This industry is as geared towards the upper 1% as it ever could be. As it ever could be. Yeah. But they, on the surface, they know what sells is the guy that appeals to the younger crowd. And I honestly think if the right would get off of some of the shit about anti-gay marriage and anti-abortion, they'd have an easier time. Because well, that's what yeah. makes it tough to pledge yourself to that team is because you go, you go, well, Jesus Christ, man. Like, yeah, man, I agree with a lot of the shit they say. But at the end of the day, they're saying that gay people shouldn't be allowed to get married and women shouldn't be allowed to have abortions. And that's nuts. Well, they're correct. And, I'm joking. <laughs> no. I, and then they I have like people you, but... like uh, who's the blonde from SNL that used to be on? Oh, Victoria Jackson. Yeah, then they have her like on Fox News going like, I think it's a sin if you're gay. And you're like, yeah, it looks like fucking a freak show, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was actually yeah. on Red Eye once with Ann Coulter. I'm mm -hmm. friends with Ann. Yeah. I've I'm friendly with Ann. We have, I've hung out with her. We've had drinks. Mm -hmm. We get along fine until we started. I mean, we don't hang out a lot, but, but w until we would start talking about that shit. Yeah. But I mean, we got into it one night on Red Eye because she was saying... Who was the football player two years ago that that apparently murdered somebody and or Ray Lewis and Ray Hernandez. Lewis, yeah. And it it looked all the sort of you know I guess there was an evidence to convict Ray Lewis, but all right. the fingers the smoke was clearly coming from a smoking gun yeah. that seemed to be in his possession. Uh, she actually said on the show, Ray Lewis isn't guilty because. He believes in God, and a Christian wouldn't do something like this. I mean, it's just a batshit thing to say. <laughs> it's just batshit. Well, look, when you think of the right, I agree with you too. I, I think that there, are, there's pockets. Obviously, it's it's the Bible Belt. It's people that right. are really, really, you know, by the book, literally by the book. So, um, and, and it's their interpretation of the book, obviously. But, right. um, but yeah, that that. I think for anybody who <laughs> who lives in a a big city, you, you got to be careful <laughs> with how you say certain things. I think, but I think if you're exposing yourself to other folks, other other cultures, at the end of the day, you just don't give a shit. You just want to go home and turn on your TV and go to work and make a good living, right? And have fun with your friends and family. And after living in New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, like. I and and my father's upbringing. My father, you know, he he's he grew up in New York City. He's always just like you always judge the person. That's that's, I agree that's with how that. you go through life. Judge the person, and and it's one of the best lessons I've ever. I been agree given. with that. Um, but I I judge the person, and and I don't believe that anybody should be able to tell, you know, who you who you are allowed to love. I mean, you know, you can't love a kid. Obviously, that's fucking disgusting. You can't love an animal. That's disgusting. Right. But you, if a guy wants to marry a guy, I don't have a If a girl wants to marry, I have no problem with that. And I, I just don't. But that's the great thing about this country is that slowly over time, I think it has progressed to the point where those things are acceptable. And, and they should be. We're getting there. We're moving along. Yeah. We're moving along. You know, there was yeah. uh, there was controversy over 
my brain sucks. There was just an article out uh, on, um, I was reading it on CNN's website. Uh, the, the guy, he's a potential presidential candidate, and he said that being gay was like drinking. Yeah. What was look, that? that? Well, here's <laughs> well, here's my thing. Yeah. I read his quotes, and I didn't agree with his take on it, mm-hmm. but I was like, you know what? One of these old school dudes, like, saying being gay is like, you know, look, I have friends oh, that... Oh, Huckabee. Or Huckabee. Yeah. yeah, and he goes, I have friends that drink, and I don't approve of drinking, but I don't not be friends with that person. Yeah. And he goes, that's how I look at it. I was like, that is a huge stride from it's an abomination, which is the way a guy like that used to talk. Do you know what I mean? Or a yeah. guy in his position, at least, used to talk. So that's a that's a step forward. You know what I mean? It can't it can't happen overnight. It is some progress. Yeah, I think you know at some point, and and you know, the Republican Party is always looked at as racist, as uh, you know, it's stereotyped as pigeonholed as, as being so. But you know, they are the ones that were not against. Uh, abolishing slavery and all that stuff so the history of it it, you know it just seems like there's a pendulum that always goes back and forth and this is where we are currently sure in in our lifetime and maybe what when we're a lot older and we have grandchildren we'll be able to say you know now maybe the parties are talking and i don't know it just always seems to be ebbs and flows i don't believe in any of it i think it's all bullshit i think money you know the the prize will always go to the highest bidder oh completely and I don't think your vote matters. I don't think your vote makes a difference. And I think once you get into that position in the White House, they're like, here's how this goes. You're a face man. You do what we tell you to do. And yeah. don't cause any fucking problems. I really feel like that's kind of what Obama, the last like three years, he, he seems to give off the cadence of a 50-year-old flight attendant. He's just over it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And he seemed like, look, I drank the Kool-Aid when he came in. I'm thinking, this guy's an outsider. He's a true outsider. He's going to come in and kill it. He's going to reform some things. He's going to get people talking. This is exciting. I was literally excited about where our country was headed. And and it just seems like there, like you said, there's there's a system in place that nobody can can break out. I worked briefly in politics. I mean, but it, it didn't take a... A rocket scientist to quickly figure out that lobbyists rule all, and the reason for that is money. Uh, that's it. Oh yeah. Well, a- anything know? in life, you could just say anytime anybody goes, why would they do that? Why would it's always money? It's ninety percent of the time, it's always always money. Well, you also look back to to um, uh, you know pr- prohibition and and things of that nature, and and who was behind. You know why marijuana is is illegal and 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 yellow journalism and all these things and when you when you start to dissect all the arguments and debates that have occurred over time and when yeah. the actual decisions were made where this is going to happen now, you start you, you start to figure out very quickly like oh okay Tylenol was making a lot of money for the banks at this time mm-hmm. they saw marijuana as a potential threat to them so they petitioned against it and the right. banks filed where the money was and then the politicians filed the banks and so on and so forth it always breaks down like that well you watch and it like, always will break down like that obama yeah. sent more troops into iraq that's the argument i always go back to he's going to end the war in iraq that's what everybody said the white knight is going to end the war in iraq he sent more troops in well yeah and that's again goes back to you know what rhetoric are you going to accept you know look george bush he tortured Obama, he does the drones, right? So 
you know, people can vilify one side or the other, but at the, at the, at the end of the day, Bay is still open. And it's still open. And at the end of the day, it's like, look, these things are in place. There's always going to be swing the pendulum to the other side, to the other side. There's always going to be some faction of that going on, whether you like it or not. So it just depending on what side you're on that you get to cheer for four or eight years. And then it's going to something very similar to what it is you were rooting for is going to be in place. But it's going to be something you're going to be against. You know what I mean? Yeah, David Mamet, the playwright and movie right and director, who I'm a huge fan of, uh, he wrote an article called, and I hate the title of the article. It was like, how do I stop being a brain dead liberal? I felt like mm-hmm. don't because it was such a smart article, and I felt like he was just kind of pushing buttons with the with the headline. Mm-hmm. But it was a really amazing article, and he talked about how he switched from being liberal to Republican, mm-hmm. and he. Did this? It was when Bush was still in office. He did this whole parallel between Bush and Kennedy, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I loved Kennedy, but now I support Bush." Uh, but people, by the way, Kennedy's thing, like his most famous quote, that is almost that that could be like a Republican quote today, right? You know, because you know, one of the things that was are, are are pushing the agenda is individual, you know, individual. So I, I've always thought that that was kind of an ironic that one of the most famous Democrats of all time has a very Republican sure. kind of saying. Sure. But yeah. again, that's that's also the ebbs and flows of politics because there's so many people that say if Kennedy was alive today, he'd be, you know, with what he was doing as a Republican. So I think that no matter who you are, no matter what side, it's always something, it, there's always some concession in the middle. But but that's just that's well just yeah concern. well I mean his parallels I don't remember all of them the biggest one was you know Kennedy was essentially responsible for the war in Vietnam just mm-hmm. like Bush was essentially responsible for the second Iraqi yeah. war um, Kennedy uh, made a mess with the Bay of Pigs invasion mm-hmm. and the Cuban Missile Crisis Bush made a mess with the you know, I, with the WMDs yeah and all yeah. that stuff exactly so it was. Um, it was really interesting to read, and I, I I always found that the Vietnam War was such a great example of the ebb and flow, as you've been calling it, and the pendulum. It's like mm-hmm. people people point fingers with that war. It's like that war took place over four presidencies. Yeah. It took place over four presidencies. Uh, and there's no way in I don't believe there's any way in hell that the latest war didn't take place over that many presidencies either. And it's going to continue it. to keep going. I mean, no matter what people think, oh, he's going to pull the tree. There's no boots on the ground. There's going to be, there are boots on the ground. There will be boots on the ground. It's just, it's literally just a matter of time. It's, it is a shit show over there. Right. It's an absolute shit show. Um, but, you know, it, I don't know. This is where I, the gray area where I'd rather not <laughs> go down. But well, with the war, yeah, because I, I well, you, you, know, have, you come from a military family. I come from a military family. I've done a ton of USO tours. Um, you know, I, I I'm getting ready to go back over there uh, in, in the spring mm-hmm. to do another round for like almost two weeks. That's um, great in the Middle East, and I I feel like no matter what side you're on, if you're on the left or the right, or what side you are on the war. It's like there's still men and women that are out there that are, you know, sacrificing not only their lives, but literally a year, two years, three years away from families, daughters, yeah, yeah. sons. That's that's a year they'll never get back in spending time and seeing their kid hit that first home run or seeing that girl at a ballet recital, whatever it might be. And so for me, that's the biggest sacrifice. When you go over there and you actually spend time and you see the living conditions, how hot it is and 
all the stories my brothers told me after he came back from Iraq. It just it's it's very easy to take the bullet points that you hear on television and have a perception of the war. But as an entertainer, especially if you're going to put yourself on the line and say things publicly that maybe maybe be aligned with what is, um, you know, popular right now in in this town, for example, I, I would think that as that entertainer, why not? Put, get a stamp on your passport, head over there, show some gratitude, and also see and really develop a true opinion sure. on what it is sure, uh, sure. that you feel over there. I think most people are in the position that I would assume you and I are both in, which is supporting the troops uh, and having compassion for them and, and gratitude for what they're doing, yeah. but also wishing that, that they didn't have to do it. Of course, yeah. You know? Nobody, yeah. I, think it's, I, I think it's only human nature that people want peace. It's human nature to tell the truth. When you lie, your blood rate spikes up. There's a reason for that. It's because that's not normal. So I think ultimately people do want peace. I think people do want everybody to respect each other and, and be able to do what, whatever it is they want in, in life that makes them happy, that, that doesn't have, interfere with anybody else's pursuit of happiness as well. Yeah, yeah. See, I have such a, I, you know, I'm in a, such, a, I have such a weird stance with all this stuff because as much as I, I really feel a genuine, like, gratitude when i see somebody in the fatigues mm-hmm. i you know if i'm in a bar with a soldier like i want to buy the guy some drinks yeah uh i say thank you when i meet a so you know all that yeah. stuff and i mean all of it at the same time i'm a guy that's just straight up like i'm not getting involved in any of this like i'm not yeah this isn't i i think it's being fueled by the wrong motivations and i don't want to be involved in it you know like i think i think at the end of the day cash runs the machine you know i really do think that uh and i think sometimes we go into certain areas to try to right wrongs and 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 bring justice in but Mm -hmm. i think at other times we, we don't need to be doing that it's not it's so complicated i don't even know this is what i mean the more i talk about i start spinning around in circles yeah, well, it's, you know, you, you're going to see these images on the news recently where people are beheaded and it's Yeah, that stuff's to be, horrible. And, and then you wonder, is it, is it worth it to go after, is it, is it worth it to put all our resources into the area to stop, you know, these senseless killings that are going on? And, and by the way, nobody's mentioning what's going on in Nigeria. Right. Boko Haram, it's, it's like... I mean, it's like genocide going on over there. Yeah. Nobody's mentioning it. It's it's absolutely horrible that these these guys are going through these villages. They're torturing children, raping them, burning them, burying them alive. And these are kids. Right. And it, it's not getting the press coverage because, again, like you were saying, money money runs the machine. And because there's not a vested interest in terms of the oil fields or whatever, there's a ton of different ways you can look at it. But to me, it just I guess there's nothing in Nigeria or or the upper part of Africa where, where people don't have a vested interest. Sure, I, sure. I certainly do. It breaks my heart to know that, that children, especially now that I'm a father, are, are just getting slaughtered like this. It's just Yeah, it's disgusting. horrible, man. It's horrible. Look, I think... It's a good comedy podcast. I th- well, it's, it's, this podcast has never really <laughs> been meant to be funny. On, on all things comedy? Yeah, well, tough shit. They should have listened to it a few more times before they brought me on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this podcast, by the way, has been an albatross around my neck since I started doing it. Why? There is. I just got a dog. Oh, here we go. And no, no. Here we go. Responsibility. Every, everybody was like, don't get a dog. It's going to be too much. It's going to be too, I got a dog. I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. It gives back. It gives back. Guess what doesn't give back? What? A podcast. 
It is a fucking. Well, how long you been doing it? Sure, a year. A year. A year. Have you seen a spike in in your I road? Mean, people listen. Yeah. They get it for free. Yeah. All of you fucking cunts listening right now are getting this how, for free. Do, are you able to tell? Like, is there a way to to see? Like, w- yeah, you go to like your Libsyn account. Listenership. And, yeah. How many people uh, average listen weekly to this? I don't know. Thousands. Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's fine. Yeah. The fuck's it gonna do? It's gonna buy me a house. I don't know. Bill Bird <laughs> does one in, in in like his car on Mondays, right? And it's like the <laughs> biggest thing. I saw him in his car one time at a Gilson's parking lot, and I knock. I, I go, Bill, what's up? He's like, oh, I'm doing my podcast. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. And the window goes up. What? He got it. He got it early, man. He got yeah. it on ground floor in the podcasts. I got in late. Yeah, I got in late. There was already a McDonald's and a Burger King and a Taco Bell, and I was like, you know, I'm going to open a Hardee's. And Your they were like, yeah, next to a nice subway. try. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, um, I we think- have alfalfa sprouts on our subs. Fuck <laughs> you, Jimmy Johns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the uh, I I think uh, in an I the idealistic impression of what America perpetuates globally is Superman behavior. I think that's where. All of us want it to be. That's what we want. It, where where our, our hearts want it to be. We go in. We stop injustice. We help the little guy, and we fix things. Well, unfortunately, you help the when, when but it's... unfortunately, there's a lot more Lex Luthor in there than than we like, and that's where the complications come in. Well, I think again, it always comes back to look. It, it, it boils down to money. Look, why are we that's not in North Korea? I mean. They they have these awful awful prison camps. It just it's awful. What's going on in Africa is awful. What's going on in the Middle East is awful. But you know, it's towing the line between understanding what you can afford and what what you're going to get back at the end of the day. Now, do you identify as a North Korean or a South Korean? Uh, definitely uh, South Korean. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, prison camp. It, it just. Camp sounds fun. <laughs> they should name it something else. Here we go. This is not a bit. This is a bit. This is not a bit. Next it's hour. <laughs> why do they call it prison camp? I mean, honestly, why is it called camp? Camp sounds fun. Right? Are they canoeing in these places? <laughs> they teach you archery? I never went to camp as a kid, got my hand lopped off. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, you know, I always subscribe to the, I always, always, always uh, quote George Carlin on the podcast, and once again, I will do that. I, I subscribe to his philosophy, which is your movements, your protests, your votes, your political parties, none of it matters. None of it will make a difference. This will go as it goes. You're just a spectator at the show, so sit back and watch. Love the people in your immediate vicinity. Affect the people that you can have a direct impression on. Be good to those people. Let those people be good to you back. And that's it. And live your life. And that's kind of how the Mammoth article ends. He's like, it doesn't matter which side of the political coin you're on. If you and I can meet at the water cooler and be friends in the office, that's all that matters. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like that's the rhetoric that happened. By the way, the Carlin quote you just, that's my favorite bit by his too. I agree with you. Yeah, great. Um, yeah. The best, the best bit. Um, <laughs> the thing about not voting, or well, he. I don't. I'm, I never heard him do it on stage. I read it in his book. Uh, last words. Uh, it, no, no. In one of the, um, it's in like uh, Napalm and Silly Putty, oh, okay. or yeah, it's yeah. in one of those books. Yeah, I think it's in Brain Droppings. Um, no, it's in the third book. It's in When Will Jesus Bring the Pork Chops? But what bit are you talking about? 
I, I was being sarcastic because there was no comedy in it. Um, so oh, I thought I was, you were actually I was being shitty. No, I, I I agree with you though. I think at the end of the day, you do want to have a spirited discussion, but still respect each other at the end of the day. Yeah. And you and I were talking earlier, and I think that the reason sometimes we always say, "Oh my God, the country's so divided. It's so divided," because I think the those. Those talking head shows on the left, the talking head shows on the right are so one-sided and mean to each other and taking sound clips from each other and making fun of it on each other's shows that it's just like, well, that's why. I mean, that's exactly why. Because there isn't any, there's no checks and balances on any of those shows. It's all very, it's all very chatter and gossip fueled at this point. I saw a great interview with Ice-T on YouTube the other day and he goes, I can't believe, did that, he just said that, right? Oh, wait, why can't it be a great interview, Steve? With iced tea. Why can't it be Are a you, great interview? Okay, I can't wait to hear this. Why can't this. it be a great interview? Because we've, you know, look, if you're in the entertainment industry, everybody knows iced tea gives the best interviews. What? Did he bring Coco? Oh, my God. Was Coco with him? Look, I'm not going to... I can't wait to hear what was in this interview. I'm not going to stand what behind your racism. That's not racist. <laughs> How is that racist? <laughs> I'm joking, asshole. Let me hear, let me hear what, uh, what the man who married Coco said. You don't think Coco's hot? Are you... Not my speed, but... Not your speed? Yeah. What is what is your speed? I like women that don't look like they're in an industry. She t- <laughs> Okay. She belongs on the hood of a Corvette on a poster you probably had in eighth grade. Yes, I, like I, I love that. That's, I like, I'm I like, not... I like women that... that I got uh, no problem with that. I like women that, uh, you know, their parents were both there for them when they were younger, like gave them a hug. Uh, if you watch Ice Loves Coco, you see she's got a very strong family foundation. Yeah. Uh, she's got a huge, huge family background. She's very close with her sister. Right. Gotcha. All I right. never watched it, but sure. Well, yeah, no, because a bigot doesn't watch. A bigot <laughs> makes judgment. I'm a bigot. I'm joking. I no, stop, I'm joking. <laughs> No, it was a, it was an awesome. I really like Ice T's opinions. Oh, yeah, please. And I'm a big fan. And he said, um, he said the news isn't the news anymore because the news is all gossip. Once you turn on CNN and you see them referencing TMZ in a story, mm-hmm. it's it's done. He goes, what the, what the fuck is going on? You're CNN. I shouldn't hear the words TMZ. You're yeah. getting information from them. This is this is not the way it's supposed to work. And I agree with that. Well, okay, but TMZ did break certain stories that are... I'm not a fan of TMZ. I think it's a piece of shit organization. But They're when scum. you break the Michael Jackson story, when you break, you know, for example, the Ray Lewis story, which became a national debate, I think you, in some ways... There, every now and then, there's the opportunity to legitimize its uh, oh, impact then, or business. But do I agree with it? Absolutely. Fucking no, it's not. not I, I, I but, think but they're TMC, all TMC. It's it's, it's Nightcrawler. It's it's the movie Nightcrawler. Like it, it. Yeah, maybe they happened to have one or two things that ended up being valid, but it but was all done with things. It was all done up, in the in vain and in, with the wrong motivations and whatever. So they, you know, they got lucky a couple times. Is the point. The rest of the time, it's just. But I mean, if if, if they break the story, CNN is is supposed to not mention them. Or look, if you're going to show the clip, of course you're going to you have to reference them. Sure, sure. So but like I've CNN noticed, or Fox I re- or MSNBC is always going to TMZ. I read I, I when I read the news sites, this kind of bothers me. Like the, and this is where I think TMZ has had a, a poor influence. You read you read headline links on CNN. You read headline links on Fox. 
I mean, those fucking things read like tabloid headlines, man. You click on stuff because you're like, what? They purposefully, they purposefully word it in a sensationalist manner. Well, Why Huffington is news Post doing that? Is is uh, is the worst at that? But but look, everything is fractured these days. Entertainment's fractured. News is fractured. The web is fractured. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you're constantly being bombarded with information on stuff. So whatever. Those six words are that they can get you to click on that article. They're going to do it. Right. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, again, it's 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 the nature of of business. They're going to try so to get as many people to click on it. it's all business. Once again, we're course. back yeah. to business. It always drives back so to business. So then why vote? Well, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, right. you vote because you feel like you're still, like you have an impact, like you can make a difference. It's, and, we're you know, diluting ourselves. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's just like when you argue with somebody who's really religious and 90% of the time the argument boils down to or resorts to them saying, well, you got to believe in something. Well, that's not a fucking argument, man. Yeah. That's just you bullshitting yourself. I'd rather just feel this way, so I'm going to tell myself these things. I think that's what people do with politics 90% of the time. They're just walking around going, well, I vote, and voting made me feel like I made a difference, and me feeling like I made a difference makes me feel like I have a voice, and that me feeling like I have a voice makes me feel important. Guess what? You're not important. None of us are important. None of us. At all. Ever. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how many awards you won. Doesn't matter how much money you make. You are not important. You will be forgotten within decades of your death. Well, if you're that, lucky. To that point, I'll say Byron Allen has an island. I is an you know island? He has an island. He's syndicated all those shows. He's got a lot of money. So Byron Allen is somebody. Yeah. You want your fucking mouth, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> What's your beef with Byron, man? I don't. I, I, I'm saying how successful that guy is. Well, that's the second shot you took at him in this podcast. No, the first one was a shot. That was a compliment. Oh, okay. Yours looking at like some angle to go. You're racist. I, I'm. Maybe that's like it's a joke. That's something you did with like uh, a comic, maybe uh, within two months, and you guys had a great thing. And now I think with most guests, you're gonna you, no. you're waiting to pounce on that racist. The last card. time I called somebody racist, it did not go well. Yeah, <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just breaking your balls. I just like saying I like. Thank you. Because I was I was literally going to take a hot shower after this podcast because oh, I didn't know how you were felt you about being me. funny back. Yes. Sorry, I'm used to jokes having humor in, in there somewhere. I've been the only thing that's that's brought any comedy to all things comedy today. Have you? Yeah. Why don't you bitch about Bill Maher some more? I don't um, like Bill Maher. I don't like Jen Stewart. No, I like them. I watch their shows. Now, here's how he covers his tracks, I'm Mr. Not Hollywood. I'm not my tracks. I Shit's said, all over them. Now he's going to go, no, they have good shows, though. I see how I you said, play the game. I get it, Steve. All you were the star. You were the baby face of TBS for three years. <laughs> yes, that is my calling card. <laughs> That's every intro at, at, at the improv. How, would you, how do you want me to bring you up? Please, please <laughs> introduce me. As the baby face of ad-supported basic cable television's TBS. My favorite moment uh, when you guys were still on the air was when I Thank came down and did. Yes. Well, it was canceled. Yeah. Don't forget it was canceled. I know. Whose fault was that? A lot Pete of people Holmes. would say Steve. Pete Holmes. Because he was the star. Pete Holmes was, was our <laughs> knight in shining armor on TBS. He was going to bring comedy back to the map. Once that domino fell, everything went down. Everything went down. Everything went down. And you know what? And that was my fault because was I was fault. one of the writers. Writing on and it. I yeah. could have delivered better content, which would have given Pete better shows, which would have kept Sullivan and Son on the air. <laughs> God, we all went down. God damn it. <laughs> Selfish. Yeah. My favorite moment was uh, when you guys were still airing, uh, I came down and did the show that you and Owen Benjamin were co-hosting. 
He was your co-star. Yes. You guys were co-hosting a show on uh, at the Improv, mm-hmm. and I made a joke about the show where I said, my joke isn't my favorite moment. I'm just setting up what my favorite moment is because right. it was Owen's reaction. I made a joke about the show where I said, if you haven't seen Sullivan and if you haven't heard of Sullivan and Son, you may remember it from when it used to be called Cheers. Right. And then Owen got a nice laugh, and then Owen, dead serious, goes, highest rated show on fucking TBS. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Well, Owen, uh, <laughs> he uh, sometimes doesn't have the threshold for um, jabs. Is that no, no, I'm saying? aware of that by the yeah. uh, five minutes after that when he was literally in my face <laughs> on stage. And I couldn't yeah. tell if he was going to hit me yeah. or kiss me or what the fuck was about to happen. Probably both. Maybe a little of both. Yeah. A little Sucker rough. Kiss. Not too hard, not too soft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you it's your s- fantasy. How, how, how would you want it? I'd, I'd like him to kiss me. Okay. Well, there you go. I don't want to get beat in to the gang. I'm taking getting fucked in every time. <laughs> Fuck me into the gang every time. I don't want to get beat in. The uh, did you ever see that? It's always sunny when they when they're going to enter into the boys to men competition. No, and you know the lyric of the song: "Not too hard, not too soft." Yeah. There's a scene later in the episode where one of the characters, Dennis, goes, "I can make myself a wreck. I can go from erect to flaccid." <laughs> In seconds, using using the power of my mind, <laughs> and he's just standing there, and he goes erect, flaccid, erect, flaccid, not too hard, not too soft. <laughs> Couldn't you have just told me to watch it? I don't know. I just wanted to say it. It made me laugh. That okay. I was when I was referencing it a minute ago when I said it, and then I wanted to explain to you. Still no callers, right? None. I don't give a shit. <laughs> has he has he ever had callers? No, well, this is the first time we ever offered the service. Right. And we had yeah. two. And it right, well, don't call in anybody. Just take. Well, nobody's listening. Just right take, now. you pigs. Right? Keep taking. <laughs> take and take. I give and I give. I give you a free episode every week. I bring you people, you know, that have been on great TV shows. And then, you know, when they're not around, I get Steve to come in here. And <laughs> <laughs> can, I ask you, can I ask you a question? How many, how many podcasts are on All Things Comedy? About 20. You got 55, uh, it'll be 60 in a few months. It'll be 60 in a few months. Where does this rank in terms of 1 through 60? <laughs> what what number? If you just had to guess. I'd like what, to know that, to be I, honest Yeah, with I want to know. Down with Joe DeRose is uh, one of our... One of our biggest shows. One of our biggest shows. Yes. What number would it Very be? Very excited to be. We don't. I don't have like all the numbers in front of me. If you Very well guess, played, like Mike. Estimate. Right? You kidding me? He's sitting right here. We're looking clocking at me. into thirty. Are we at the midpoint? Are we? Are we in the teens? We're not top ten, right? Joe, how many episodes? What episode number is this? Two. No, come on. Oh, oh. Of, well, two on all things. Fifty-three. He's been at it a while. He's consistent. It's a quality program. Is we this top it. ten? Top ten for all things. For the network, sure. Yeah. Sure, it is. That sounds like a lie. It does sound like a lie, but I don't like care. I want to be lied to. I'm not your. I want to be lied to. I'm not your girlfriend asking you where were you last night. You can tell me the truth. <laughs> I want to be lied to. Okay. I want to be spoken to like Joe, you were special on that last day on set when the TBS guys went great. Guys, you're doing great. Never happened. <laughs> Never happened. Never happened. By the way, I remember. I remember our last taping at Pete Show. Yeah, uh, and the TBS. I'm not knocking TBS. They were always really nice. But yeah. I remember the guys coming down. I remember at the end of the first run. They they one of the execs or whoever came into the writers' room on the last day, and he was like, "Guys, I just want to come in here to tell you, 
great job. You guys are kicking ass. And I was like, we were all like, wow, he went out of his way to come to the writer's room to sit. That's a good sign. Yeah. And the and the last day of the then second. Then what happened? Last day of the second. Well, then we got picked up. Mm-hmm. The last day of the second run, we were on set, and he just walked up to all of us and shook our hands and yeah. didn't really say anything. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. So. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I think, <laughs> I think this is done. <laughs> yeah, uh, you never know. You never know. You man. never know. You never know. That's a yeah. cool network, though. I mean, it's uh, like I said, not knocking it. Yeah, look, if, if it, it wasn't for them, I wouldn't jobs. have had the show. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a great experience doing it. I, I, there's nothing, there isn't anything I would, uh, I would do differently. I had a blast. And we went to the fucking... That's real nice, man. ...hill to do everything we could to keep the show on the air. We did everything. We toured our asses off. We, you know, I couldn't ask for better partners with Ahmed and Roy and Owen. They were just, they were troopers. And then the cast and the crew and yeah. Vince. If it wasn't for Vince, I wouldn't have a show, so... Vince. Vince Vaughn. Drop the full name. Yeah, Vince Vaughn, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. When I came in... It has the I, same impact like when you say Pete. Holmes? Holmes. Yeah. Pete Holmes. Just say it, people get it. You don't have to be mean. I'm not mean. That your friend that gave you a job is more famous than my friend that gave I me a job. To make it like that. I have you a real did. friend, though. Here's the difference. I knew Pete before anything happened. Yeah. You latched onto Vince's coattails <laughs> after he was famous already. And I didn't that's, do that. That's right, yeah. Can I tell the Vince story? Yeah, yeah. So Steve and I are working on a uh, script idea. Or we're going to script. We're developing an idea. I created it. It's okay. Yeah, Steve created it. Yeah, fine. It. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. I'll be lucky if I get a developed by credit on the fucking <laughs> cover page of this fucking thing. Uh, <clears throat> by the way, the difference between what Steve created and what it is now since I came in is the difference between like... Here we go. You know, uh, remember the Red Hot Chili Peppers before John Fushante? It's like that. Right. Yeah, that's like... It was like, like I'm, I came in like Fushante. You are, it's like, I'm going to give you the sound. It's like now. I was Van Halen and then Sammy Hagar left. And then I got the guy from More Than <laughs> Gary Sharon. Yeah, that, that's what I became. <laughs> I love it. I love a Gary Sharon reference. <laughs> anyway, so we're working on this idea together and we're, we're writing the script. And, uh, but we've been doing it over at Wild West Picture Show, yeah, um, which is Vince Vaughn's production company. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited because I'm a big fan of Vince Vaughn. I'm a big fan of Peter Billingsley as well. And I was hoping I would get to meet them both mm-hmm. um, because they've been inspirations. And I went in, and so far I hadn't. I've, I had met Peter, but I hadn't met Vince. And yeah. I went in yesterday to meet you to write. And the uh, guy at reception was like, "Oh, they're uh, they're in Vince's office playing video games." And I walked. I was like, "Holy shit! This is it! I'm going to meet Vince Vaughn. This is the guy <laughs> that I've like watched since I was 17 years old and wanted to be him in Swingers or whatever." Yeah. And I walked in. You guys were playing NHL. NHL video, the NHL video game, just like in Swingers. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn is literally Vince Vaughn from Swingers. Just the same exact shit talk the entire time. You know, like there was even a part where you guys got into a fight on the ice and he goes, and he beat you in the fight and he goes, that's what you get. See, now that's what you get. Now go sit on the bench next to the other guy that got ejected. (laughs) And then his assistant comes in or somebody and goes, you have a call, whatever. And he goes, I don't need hatred from you. There's a nice way to do that. And then there's the way that you did it. And I'm like, he's literally, they literally Jeez. just take his real language and they just put yeah. it right into a script. That's yeah. it. Amazing. Yeah, he's like, 
like you know, there's sometimes where you're like, it's just like that guy's famous for a reason. Like, there's very few people that have that natural, just always fucking funny, right? Just unbelievable. He's right. he's great, um, right? But people, you know, sometimes they're like, "What is he like? What is he like?" I'm like, "Shut your eyes and imagine what," he, and that's what he's like. Everything you think of when you think of those movies, that's that's him. He's just he's he's just and a I great think, dude. I think he strangely ties into the to our topic, uh, and it brings us to a good closing place because it, it's a, it's the type of dude that I always kind of wanted to be. It's the type of dude that I'm always a fan of. Mm-hmm. I like a blue collar progressive. Yeah, I like a guy who's not afraid to get out there make make his bones, do his thing, um, is is forward, is sometimes brash, is sometimes crass, is sometimes hilarious, is sometimes whatever, mm-hmm. but just a strong personality um, that is open-minded, that is accepting, that gets other people's lifestyles and understands that, and at yeah. the same time is, kind of, is, is, is just kind of like, hey, fuck you, man, I'm me. You know? Not somebody yeah. soft and apologetic. And not somebody like a tyrant and 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 a savage, but there's there's that middle ground where it's like, yeah, man, like I'm still a dude. I still like to have fun. Yeah. I still have opinions. I can argue my opinions, but I'm also not a jerk off, man. I accept what you're into. I like what you're into. It's fine. Yeah, he's not somebody that would ever placate, but he's he is just a warm, good dude. Um, I, I there's just I, I don't know. I couldn't speak highly enough about the guy. He's That's just nice. a great guy, truly. That's nice. Well, maybe I'll be friends with him one day. You are, uh, you know, you're something else, Joe. That's how I describe you. People go, uh, what's Joe's comedy like? I'll tell you what, he, he, he's, he's something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> what? Keep going. That, that's how I describe I go, he's something else. Uh-huh. He is something. He is, uh, there's an audience for his humor. Do you know how I describe your comedy? Uh, I can't wait. What? He's really funny. He's one of my good friends. <laughs> So let's end on that yeah. note, Steve. Why don't you plug some of your comedy now that you've hurt me? Joe, you brought up the fact eight times over this podcast that my show is canceled, okay? It was, so, Steve. Yeah. And I think it was your fault. So It doesn't mean so I don't have that you have to be mean to, promote, to me. okay? Other than Champion that's on Netflix. It just came out. Uh, Champion, watch yeah. it. It's a tremendous special. I watched it with my mom. We loved it. She was laughing. My mom was the biggest Sullivan and Son fan there was. That's very kind. Uh, when I brought my parents to set, I don't think anybody caught this happening, thank mm-hmm. God. But when I brought my parents to set, you gave my mom that script that everybody yeah. signed, and she was so excited. And I remember she got to meet Brian Doyle Murray, which I was excited about because yeah. I love Brian Doyle Murray, and I used to love Get a Life and all that stuff. And uh, she, uh, and I remember she was, he, he goes to my mom, he goes, he's a good boy. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, but anyway, you gave her that script, and it was all signed. And then uh, she couldn't find it because she put it under her chair yeah. and didn't remember that it was under her chair. And I was walking from the bathroom back to the bleachers to watch the sh- taping, mm-hmm. and they were getting ready to, to like start the taping, and I s- saw a monitor, and my dad was on the set. Oh, that's and cool. I was like, no, no, it wasn't cool. He was on the set trying to find my mom's script. <laughs> that's hilarious. Did he find it? Did you guys get it? No, it was, up, it was under their chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They, she found it up. Yeah. Okay. And, but at, that night, I was like, what were you thinking? I was like, it's a multi-million dollar television but production that's about to those happen. Those things are funny to me. I, 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 I think that's kind of awesome that your dad's just Listen, like, hold on. We're from Philly. 
I gotta find this script. If it was my show, I would have thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I had no fucking idea how you or anybody else was gonna react. I think it's hilarious. It's I, I, my daughter has run out during the curtain call. It's your daughter dancing again. It it's hilarious. your show. Yeah. It's your show. Yeah. You know that because it's not on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> My, oh my, my friend, Joe DeRosa. I love you, dude. It, it's you're, you're actually one of my closest friends. Uh, I truly period. love you, Joe. But I, no, no. You're I, a good man. I almost, I, I used to say you were one of my closest friends in comedy. I honestly think you're just one of my closest friends now in life. You, you I will never forget this. This is the reason why I, I called you to work on this next thing. Because yes. I was like, the if thing you're you created... Make sure you keep saying that you on record. Sure you keep saying that. Make sure you keep saying it on record, you know so there's it's no on record. You got it. Disputes. Over there. So, <laughs> I was I was uh, I was going through uh, closet just all this old crap, newspaper clippings, whatever, and I found my uh, half hour, uh, my Comedy Central half hour, and you were the only friend that came to that, and you were in it as well. You're in an, on, an audience reaction shot, and I thought that was pretty cool, and I was like, wow, all my friends in New York City, Joe was the only one that came. And I'm one of those guys where it's like, it, when it's an important moment in somebody's life, it's like you show up. It's like now you got a pal for life. So, uh, and and working on this thing, we'll see. Hopefully, it goes to fruition for us. But uh, I hope so. The purpose of doing these things, I think, is to always work with people you enjoy. You know what, Steve? I, I sentiments. My sentiments exactly. And thank you. That's very nice. And yeah. we have a call. Let's end with our first ever live call. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Hello, you're you're on uh, down with Joe DeRosa. Hello? Hello. Yes. Welcome to the show. I mean, yes. Assuming your rules. Uh, we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Is he still there? Hang on. <laughs> uh, that's it. Anthony Kumia rules. <laughs> yeah. You look like you just found out you, you're getting divorced and she's taking half of everything. Um... It's it's not the same. I know that's probably what my face looks like. It's not the same feeling on the inside. It's a I, I different know, type of feeling yeah, on the I got inside. You. I got I'm you. I'm right now. I'm I'm right in that place where I'm like, do you say something or do you not say something? Yeah, you just take the high road because the guy's gonna hang up. No, I mean in reference to what he said on the phone. Oh, in um, response to what he said on the phone, but you probably don't. You just say, yeah. Yeah, you just take the high road. Who gives a shit? Yeah. What's the high road? The high road, look, there's a great, I, I think this is the greatest, the greatest poem I've ever, not that I, I read poems all the time. Rudyard Kipling uh, has a poem called If, and it's literally a blueprint as to how to live your life. Yeah, you're right. And it is, it is all about balance, which is the topic of the show, so we're coming full circle. You're right. Read, Google If, read that poem, and I'm telling you, Thank me later. It's the greatest you know blueprint what? to how you live your life. You're right, and I am going to take the high road. I would like to publicly apologize to Anthony Cumia right now. Uh, it is my fault that he said all those things that he said on Twitter. Uh, it is my fault that he was fired from SiriusXM. A lot of people don't know this. I'm actually on the board at SiriusXM. It was my decision to fire him. Um, I was calling him, telling him not to apologize uh, I actually got a job as a booker on a white nationalist radio show, and I tricked Anthony into coming onto the show to defend his points and say things like, um, uh, when you look at old uh, footage of NASA uh, control rooms, what do you see? You see white men. 
these, these, these everything was my fault. I you know, I hacked his Twitter account. I started tweeting about Ferguson. Uh, <laughs> I told him it'd be funny if somebody ever asks you what's a good gun cleaner to send back a picture of black gang members. These were all the things I did. I did all of this stuff. I blocked myself on Twitter from his account. Anthony, I'm sorry. You are a victim, and I am terribly sorry that you're. I'm, you know, I'm sorry going to New for York all City I've done. This week, and I and they asked if. I wanted to be on the show, so I'm. Who's they? Uh, his booker. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do it Tuesday. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, have fun. <laughs> I never. I, I don't know anything about the guy. I I know what happened, and I I know what happened with you, but uh, but I I'm interested to hear. Uh, I'm you know I'm, oh, I'm off the common ground. I want to hear the other side of the story. If you want to go have a nice show, I wouldn't mention my name. I'm going to mention your name. Oh, well, I'm going to see what happens. Yeah, I'll, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, Click. He's going to say, fuck Joe DeRosa. Yeah. Uh, that's usually his response. And then, uh, and then he'll, uh, and then he'll uh, talk about you know, how he's been victimized, which he has been. Anthony, I'm sorry that I've done all these terrible things to you. I'm sorry that I somehow made you do all these things. You're right. You're a victim. This is the high road. The high road feels good. I like it. I like the high road. You did nothing of what would be in that poem. You got to read it. Trust me. You'll love it. Uh, I love you, Joe DeRosa. I love you, Steve. Uh, I will read the poem. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks quick. for all the calls today, by the way. Yeah. It was just an overload. I knew it was. I knew the one call was going to be that kind of call. The uh, plugs again. Go to JoeDeRosaComedy.com to check out anything you need to uh, know about me. And again, I'm coming to... Uh, evening with Joe DeRosa next week at Nerd Melt at Meltdown Comics. You can just uh, go to Gold Star, right? That's usually where the tickets are found for you. Okay. Uh, we're done. We're done now. It's plug time. Uh, next. Oh, Groupon. That's it. Groupon. Yeah, yeah there Groupon's you go. Groupon. Groupon, Groupon is yeah. even asking too much. Uh, uh, February, late February, um, the Punchline in San Fran and uh, Crackers in Indianapolis, the downtown room, and then uh, Gilda's Laugh Fest. And it'll be flying coach to all those, right? In March. Coach. Hopefully a middle seat. That's our show, everybody. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you missed Sullivan and Son, too bad. bad. It'll, It'll never, never be out on DVD. DVD. Ever. <laughs> ever. Ever, ever. Ever, ever, ever. Oh. Thanks for listening. <laughs>